0: Well, I guess I have to admit it. I find myself in a long-distance L.A. thing. I started out with the proper values. Don't date out of your area code. Don't date west of the 405. Always let traffic times guide your feelings. But what can I say? This Glendale boy found love in the South Bay. And here we are. But you know what they say. Lucky in love. Unlucky in traffic. Lucky in phones. With AT&T, I bought one smartphone and got another one on them. So instead of actually seeing each other, we get to send better pictures, listen to more music, podcasts, and audiobooks. It's the best part about being in an L.A. long-distance thing. You get to take the time to really fall in love with your phone. Come into an AT&T store, buy a smartphone, and get one on us. AT&T. More for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time LA only. Each requires up to $1,000 on installment on same account. Select devices. Requires one new line, a minimum $75 per month service. Free after credits over 30 months. and start within three bills. If cancel service, device balance is due. Eligibility, taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See your local AT&T store for details. Cue! 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 It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join
1: us. David Venable will be the first to tell you, he loves his food. As host of QVC's In the Kitchen with David, he's put that passion on mouthwatering display, welcoming some of the greatest names in the food world. But his own culinary skills, honed in the Carolina kitchens of his mother and grandmother, are nothing short of remarkable. And he gets to show them off in his debut cookbook, In the Kitchen with David, Comfort Food That Takes You Home. Welcome, David. How are you?
2: Hello. Good morning, Amy. It's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Well, I am flipping through your book, and I've got to say I could just dive into it. First of all, from the French toast, which just looks amazing, to the party foods, to the mac and cheese recipe that you're going to share with us. It all looks so good and comforting. What made you choose comfort food as the topic for your book?
2: Well, you know, on QVC's In the Kitchen with David, this is the type of cooking we do all the time. You know, I really love relating to home cooks, where we live and how we cook. And and well, even though I was raised down south and was raised on lovely comfort food, I've come to understand that comfort food isn't just confined to the south. Comfort food is the food we all know that we grew up with, the kinds of food that our, our moms and dads and grandmothers you know made for us uh, coming along. The kind of food that you hope to come home to again. And so I really felt like when it was time to write a cookbook, it was important for me to go back to my own roots, but also So uh, really to what makes everyone comfortable in the kitchen, what makes everyone comfortable around the dinner table. And these are comfort foods of all different varieties. So I really felt like a book like this would really speak to a larger segment of people because this is the kind of food that I think uh, really helps uh, to remind us of where we come from and the kind of food we hope to come home to again.
1: Well, I I couldn't agree more. And it's funny because food trends come and food trends go. But if you look at things like the mac and cheese that we just talked about, There's certain foods that stand the test of time, and they're all comfortable. And ironically, they're all relatively easy to prepare. Wouldn't you agree?
2: I would completely agree. And to your point, uh, I mean, what is more comforting and more universal than a beef pot roast for Sunday dinner? Exactly. Or, you know, the, the macaroni and cheese you speak of. And I think these are the kinds of recipes that not only get passed down from generation to generation, but to your point, they are, they are very easy to, to achieve in the kitchen. All of the recipes in my book are, are recipes that I think are um, accessible. These are ingredients that if you don't already have them in your pantry, you could very easily find them at your local market. There's nothing exotic in the book. But uh, there are a few recipes that I like to put what I call a David spin on them and uh, and kind of give them a little bit of a different twist. But at the end of the day, this is the kind of food that you can feel very good to serve your family because it's both adult and kid friendly.
1: Right, exactly. Because at the, at the end of it all, we all sort of have the same taste. We can pretend we don't, but we do. Well, you mentioned that you learned to cook in the kitchen with your mom and your grandmothers. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like there's a little bit of time where people didn't get that. Chance I feel like moms are teaching their kids to cook again. everyone realizes how important home cooking is, but there was a period of time where some people grew up with no cooking skills. So how do you kind of bypass that they didn't have the chance to live and work or excuse me cook side by side with their family members? How are you kind of giving them that in the book
2: well i really I, I tie all of the recipes back to my own family memories or my own food experience, so I think you know whether or not we are uh, everyone reading the book is a great cook or a home cook or even a chef. I think everyone comes to a basic need to eat and enjoy great food with their families. So I think I really encourage even the most inexperienced cook to be adventurous in the kitchen. To take that time to really read through a recipe, understand it pretty thoroughly, and then take a chance and really experiment with what you're doing in the kitchen. You know, I was blessed to have uh, very good cooks in my family, but I don't think you need that kind of experience to be successful in the kitchen. There's,
1: and so some... I think
2: this is one thing that I really encourage folks to do in the book. Be adventurous. Be a bit courageous in the kitchen. Uh, and then once you get comfortable with the basics, you can begin to step outside your comfort zone. I say that there is a cook inside all of us. We just have to let our love of good food lead the way.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's true. There is a cook inside all of us. Well, there's some little subtleties that being with your mom or your grandmother, they can sort of pass along. And I'm noticing, like in the book, you'll have Dishin' with David, So that's sort of how you're stepping in with the cook and and giving them some basic information that they might need or a tip that they might need. Do you remember what your very first complete meal that you cooked was?
2: You know, that's a very good question. You know, my, I was raised by a single parent, and so mom worked full-time and taught my brother and sister and I to cook first out of necessity. So we helped a lot with putting casseroles in the oven for her that she would make on a Saturday when she actually had a few hours to cook in the kitchen and whatnot. Uh, but if I have to think back to probably the first meal that I made for my family, it was probably breakfast. Breakfast was one of those meals that mom felt very strongly about, and the one time a week, or one day a week we had that we could really explore a wonderful family home-cooked breakfast was Saturday. Mm-hmm. Because Sunday was always tied up with church, and All the other days were tied up with school, so Saturday was that one time. I can remember waking up extra early one year, um, one Saturday morning, to uh, get into the kitchen. I wanted to make the entire breakfast for the whole family before anyone woke up, so I was being very careful to try not to be too loud with the pots and the pans, and I fried the bacon and did the eggs and the toast and and whatnot, and it was just such a nice surprise when they all woke up and smelled breakfast cooking, and my mom was a little bit panicked because she wasn't quite sure who was in the house cooking. (laughs) Uh, And then she came into the kitchen only to find me, I think at this point I was probably made maybe, I don't know, 10 or 11. And uh, I had uh, actually prepared the entire breakfast and she was thrilled and my brother and sister loved it. And we just had a a great meal together. So if I have to look back and think about the very first complete meal that I cooked, it was probably that one. Yeah.
1: And if you're like me, it was that kind of response, that positive response that drove you to want to cook more. That's when I knew I loved cooking, when my family as a child responded well to what I did for them. uh, That meant a lot to me. Well, so now you're all grown up. You go home, you've got a minute to cook. What do you choose?
2: Oh, my goodness. I I still love the comfort dishes, you know, and I I love doing those kinds of things. I'm a believer. I was raised on casseroles, so I think casseroles during, uh, during a time when you have little time in the kitchen are usually very, very quick and easy things to do. Sometimes I'll make them ahead of time, freeze them those kinds of things. Um, I love that kind of cooking. Um, but I also really love, you know, really hearty, wonderful uh, soups, stews, and chilies. Uh, chicken and dumplings uh, a staple at my house. It was growing up and will continue to be uh, <laughs> in, my, uh, in my adult life. So it really is, uh, those are the kinds of things, the hearty kind of warm and comforting dishes that are, are delightful. And then during the summer months when those heavier dishes and the hotter dishes are not really uh, the fare that you're looking to prepare, I love really uh, spending all summer on the barbecue.
1: Yeah, and, oh, definitely. Um, I
2: use my grill extensively during the summer months. So, in fact, I I rarely turn the stove on from about June until August, until September, rather.
1: Yeah, I'm with you right there. Well, it's funny, the foods that you describe that you love to cook are all in the book. Of course, it's called In the Kitchen with David, Comfort Foods That Take You Home. And David has generously shared his mac and cheese recipe with us. And I should say his ultimate mac and cheese recipe with us. And I'm going to put that on amystable.com as well as a link to all of David's information. But thank you so much for sharing a peek into your book with us, David. Well,
2: I'm thrilled to be with you today. And I hope that uh, that your readers will have a chance to experience the book. It's currently available anywhere books are sold, uh, both online and in retail stores. And of course, you can always uh, check it out on qbc.com as well.
1: Sounds terrific. Thanks so much, David.
2: It's a pleasure.
0: Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! It's Amy's Table with Amy Tolman.
1: Yeah! Q102!
0: Well, I guess I have to admit it. I find myself in a long-distance L.A. thing. I started out with the proper values. Don't date out of your area code. Don't date west of the 405. Always let traffic times guide your feelings. But what can I say? This Glendale boy found love in the South Bay. And here we are. But you know what they say, lucky in love, unlucky in traffic, lucky in phones. With AT&T, I bought one smartphone and got another one on them. So instead of actually seeing each other, we get to send better pictures, listen to more music, podcasts, and audiobooks. It's the best part about being in an L.A. long-distance thing. You get to take the time to really fall in love with your phone. Come into an AT and T store, buy a smartphone, and get one on us. AT and T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time, LA only. Each requires up to one thousand dollars on installment on same account. Select devices requires one new line and minimum seventy five dollars per month service. Free after credits over thirty months and start within three bills. If cancel service, device balances due. Eligibility, taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See your local AT and T store for details.
3: The U.S. and North Korea. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says President Trump didn't concede anything before agreeing to meet with North Korea's Kim Jong Un. This
1: meeting won't take place without concrete actions that match the promises that have been made by North Korea.
3: Sanders says North Korea has made promises to denuclearize, stop its nuclear and missile testing, and allow joint U.S.-South Korean military exercises. In a break with the National Rifle Association, Florida Governor Rick Scott has signed a compromise gun bill written after the school shooting in Parkland that left 17 people dead. Rather than uh, banning specific weapons, we need to ban specific people from having any weapon. Um, that's what I've said all along. That's what I believe. A gunman took at least three people hostage at a large veteran's home in Northern California. Dozens of vehicles were involved in a crash on a, in snowy conditions along westbound Interstate 94 in southern Michigan outside Detroit, temporarily closing that freeway. I'm Ed Donahue.